Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, which will include Ryan Clark, Matt Castle on the Hall of Famer, Dan Fouts on this Championship Monday, in which we open with the words, and then there were two. Tampa Bay and Kansas City heading to the Super Bowl. That's the only place to start. Here we go! Only one place to start. Time's a goat. Uh, last year, I think we ended 7-9. He's probably the biggest reason we are where we are. It's a tough journey to get here. You know, now home Super Bowl for the first time in NFL history. I think if any time you're the first time doing something, uh, it's usually a pretty good thing. What can you say? At some point, you just run out of things to say. We will run through all of the Aaron Rodgers of this as we continue. The Green Bay of it as we continue. The Mahomes of it as we continue. And the Buffalo Bills of it as we continue. But when you make it to your 10th Super Bowl, you deserve to be the first person talked about on the next morning, regardless of what else happens. And I will say this. I always assume that someday when I'm old and gray, my great-grandchildren would ask me, Greeny, because that's what I anticipate them calling me. I don't see myself as a grandpa. I'm going to be Greeny. They're going to say to me, Greeny, what was it like to watch Michael Jordan? That has always been my expectation. And I'm so ready for that because I know everything about Michael Jordan. I covered him every day for six years. But now I'm a little worried. I'm a tad concerned. Because for the first time, Michael suddenly may not be the greatest player I ever covered. And I would never have imagined I would say those words aloud on the radio, on television, or just talking to my great-grandchildren. But suddenly, what Thomas Edward Brady has done in his 40s, and this year in particular, just flat boggles my mind. And if anything... I believe it is being underappreciated. Let's set the scene. Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless is this. Tom Brady, at the age of 43, signs with a team that has not made the playoffs in 13 years. We can talk all we want about all the talent that he has, all these great players that they have. This team had not been in the playoffs in 13 years. It was the longest drought from the playoffs in the NFL, save for Cleveland. (laughs) Cleveland was number one. And then Tampa was number two. That's where they were. They were number two in every meaning of the word. And Tom Brady shows up. No training camp. No off-season program. No preseason. In May, he's busy playing golf at the Medalist with, with Phil Mickelson. That's how Tom Brady was spending his time. He's on a high school practice field. With Gronk trying to figure out which one is Mike Evans and which one is Scotty Miller and which one is Chris Godwin and how fast does Cameron Brait run. That's what he was doing when normally you would be going through an entire organized NFL offseason. And to do all of that, put this group together and make the first uh, Super Bowl in his first year is impossible. I'm here to tell you that what he has done is impossible. And yet he's done it. And if he pulls this thing off in two weeks... If he beats Patrick Mahomes after knocking off Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers on the road in consecutive weeks, then I think it just might be the most amazing thing we've ever seen in sports. I don't know what else to say. 
Uh, Tiger Woods, what he did at Augusta now almost two years ago was unimaginably wonderful to watch and brilliant and unexpected. But it wasn't like this. For this guy at 43, let me, let me just be very clear about something. When Peyton Manning started the Super Bowl at the age of 39, his last season, he became the oldest person ever to start the Super Bowl, the oldest quarterback ever to start the Super Bowl at the age of 39. That wasn't that long ago. Since that time, Tom Brady has upped that mark four times. This is his fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. It's his fifth in the last seven. He was the MVP of the league at the age of 40, and here he is at 43. This is ridiculous. Now, I can run through a bunch of other numbers and, and, and facts that we're getting from the Elias Sports Bureau and our research department and the like. Brady will join Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, and Craig Morton as the only quarterbacks to start a Super Bowl for multiple franchises. He becomes the third player in the history of the four major sports in this country. So the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. The third player in history to play in three championship games or series after turning 40 years old. Any guess who the other two are? You'll probably get one of them because that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you probably won't get the other because it's Enos Slaughter, the baseball legend. Both of them did it three times after turning 40. Kareem, Enos Slaughter, and now Tom Brady. Brady also joins Norm Van Brocklin and Johnny Unitas as the only quarterbacks to play in either a Super Bowl or an NFL championship, which is what it was called then, in three different decades. Van Brocklin did it in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. Unitas did it in the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. And now Brady, who did it in whatever we call the zeros, the aughts, and then the teens, and now in the 20s. Tom Brady is separating himself from everybody in ways that I would never have imagined possible. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. One more. This is from Elias. Tom Brady is now the first player in NFL history to play in 10 NFL championship games. Overall, he is the 24th athlete in the history of the four major sports to play in 10 championship games or rounds. The only ones to do it in the last 30 years are Brady and LeBron. The last one to do it before that was Kareem. The first athlete in American sports history to do it was Babe Ruth. And that's who Brady is. Brady is Michael Jordan and Babe Ruth and Wayne Gretzky. He is football's worthy nominee for the Mount Rushmore of American team sports. If we're going to make this a team sports list, which I think is reasonable, it is very difficult to figure out how to compare Tom Brady to Muhammad Ali or, or to Jack Nicklaus or anything like that, to Serena Williams. Individual sports are a different animal in every way. But Tom Brady's on that list. Don't compare him to Peyton or Favre or anybody else or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Certainly not yet. Compare him to Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, and Wayne Gretzky because that's who this guy has become. 
We are just getting started here. We will be jam-packed and wall-to-wall with football today. Matt Castle is going to jump in here. He knows Brady really well. We'll talk with him and get his insight into this. Ryan Clark will jump in, and then we will get to the coaching decisions that may very well have changed the course of two legendary careers. Just put your feet up. We've got a lot to do. My name is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, back with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Goodyear hotline, Hembo, is just sending me texts frantically with this ridiculous statistics about Tom Brady. He, he has made this thing so ridiculous that I don't even know where to begin. How about this? How about this one for you, Brandon? Tom Brady has now won as many NFC championships as Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. It's been there one year, and he has as many NFC championships as either of those legendary first ballot Hall of Fame all-time great quarterbacks. But he up and goes to Tampa Bay, haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years. And here they are back in the Super Bowl. Let's talk to a man who knows him well, played with him for years. Former NFL quarterback Matt Castle, who's now with NBC Sports Boston, joins me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Matt, thank you very much for, for getting up there, here with us. And, and let me ask you this to begin with. Like, how would you describe how he's done this? Like, you know the inside of it better than most people do, what it looks like when he comes in and leads. How would you describe not just that he's done this, but how he has pulled this off in Tampa. Right. It's been an incredible accomplishment. And obviously we all know that with the truncated off season and him coming in a little bit late, having to learn a new system. Look, I, I was with a lot of different coordinators throughout my career and it's always a complicated process to come into a new building, to get familiar, 
with a new offensive structure, with a new scheme, new weapons that you have, and really not have a ton of time on task before you start the season to do so. And, and But at the same time, knowing Tom Brady and knowing his approach, he's always up for a new challenge, and he always motivates himself in, in a different way. And we could see throughout the season they had their ebbs and flows, they had their ups and downs, but at the same time, he, he, he buys in 110%. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations he's going to come in, he's going to lead the way that he leads, he's also going to show the team like look it takes effort it's going to take work it's and then he's a way he motivates people not only by his presence and how he leads but also his work ethic and his his standard for excellence and his accountability of holding people accountable and making sure that they that, that they're doing the right stuff particularly on the offensive side of the ball so it's absolutely incredible to be inside that building with with a guy like Tom Brady when I was a young quarterback. But even watching the process now and how much they got better throughout the course of the year has is a testament to his work ethic and what he does and what he brings to the table. Matt, speaking of the offense, you obviously know it intimately and ran it. How similar is the offense he's running now in Tampa to what he was accustomed to, to what he generally ran in New England all those years? Right. Well, when you look at it, I mean, throughout the years in New England, you could tell that it wasn't so much a vertically stretched offense. And by that, I mean, we're not, we weren't always trying to push the ball downfield. We had weapons like the Wes Welker, the Julian Edelmans of the world, the Amendolas that worked really well within that 10-yard radius. Now, we take our shots, but when you look at this offense and how it's set up and how they attack different defenses, they try to get into the depths of the defense. They vertically attack them. They have the weapons with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller obviously blew the top off the coverage for a huge play at the end of the um, second, half, second quarter yesterday. So they actually tried to attack you vertically more so than, you know, the possession passing game, yak yardage. And they, they have the capability to do that. But at the same time, they're trying to take advantage of their matchups downfield. And you can also see how well they, they do at moving those guys around from Mike Evans being in the slot to they'll move him outside and, and then get in the big personnel. You saw him bring in an extra lineman and then kind of utilize that play action pass yesterday as well. So that's the main difference in my opinion. Matt Castle is with me here again at NBC Sports Boston today. And so you're there in the midst of the, you know, of the Boston sports discussion and conversation. And for those of us across the country, how are the Patriot fans reacting to what Brady is doing there? You know what? There's a, there's a group of people that are still going to be pretty bitter, let's be honest. I mean, they, 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 there's a loyalty factor that was broken and they're upset, but then I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have to respect the way that he's gone out and played this year. And at the same time, he dedicated 20 years of his life to that organization, brought six Super Bowl championships there. So, uh, again, I'm sure that there's a great appreciation for a lot of fans as well. But I'm sure that there's a little hurt right now. that they're, they're missing their quarterback back there in New England. There's no doubt about that. And who, for those who are mad, like generally, I'm not asking you what, how you think, but, but from what you're hearing from fans and what they say on the talk shows and things, who are they mad at? Are they mad at Brady? Are they mad at Bill? Are they mad at Kraft? Who are the, if, if, if the people who are mad, who are they mad at? I'm, I'm sure it's more uh, in terms of Kraft and Belichick and not being able to figure out a way for the powers that be to come together to have talked to keep him to end his career in New England and allow him to finish his career there. I, I think that it's more um, the, the anger 
is toward the front office and not being able to keep him here versus Brady himself making that decision to finally part ways and, and go somewhere else. And then let me ask you another thing just quickly because you're there, and one of the other big storylines of this upcoming offseason is going to be a game of quarterback musical chairs. Um, there are so many free agent quarterbacks who are outstanding, and I'm sure you've seen the reporting about Deshaun Watson looking for a new home and Matt Stafford, who is going to have a new home. And a lot of people on my show in the mornings on Get Up have looked at Matt Stafford and said that could be a guy he could see Bill loving in New England. As one who knows it intimately, what do you think of that marriage as a potential one in in Foxborough? Well, that would be a great fit. And I know Matt Stafford. I played with him in 2018. Look, he's an unbelievable quarterback. He's a great competitor. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, after 12 seasons with the same organization as fifth head coach, I think that he wasn't ready for a rebuild, you know, and he, he's ready to go to somewhere that's going to be in contention. And uh, who knows how much longer you're going to get to play this game. You know, not every year is guaranteed for you. So he wants to go somewhere, but it would be, a great spot landing spot for not only the Patriots to have a quarterback that can play and do what he can do, but with Josh McDaniels and that offensive structure and what they have set up, he would, I believe be very successful there at the same time. They have to go out and address the wide receiver position as well. The one nice part about the new England Patriots right now is they do have around $60 million in salary caps. So they have the ability to go out and get a guy like Stafford and spend this off season. So it'll be really fascinating offseason to see what the Bill Belichick and his staff goes out and does in terms of free agency and who they bring in, particularly at that quarterback position. Yeah, that one feels like one to watch for me. I enjoy this a lot, Matt. Thanks very much for a few minutes here today, and, and let's catch up again soon. I appreciate it. Take care. Absolutely. Have a great day. That's Matt Castle again, longtime NFL quarterback, now NBC Sports Boston, and he's got a good finger on the pulse, not only of the fans there, which I find fascinating, but on how Brady is doing what he's doing, which, of course, is the stuff of legend. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. So, of course, let, let's, let's get this out of the way. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after, after its time. time. The genius, you said? You're a genius. He's a genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. Yes, Charles Barkley, thank you. And yes, to all of you who have been sending me notes, that is correct. I did have this game right in September. I didn't have to pick the conference championship games on the air on Friday because I picked them on September 10th. I, too, have Kansas City winning the Super Bowl, but I have them beating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I just buy. Mm. I buy into it in every conceivable way, primarily because that's a much better team than anyone else, I think, realizes the Buccaneers I'm talking about. So I've got Tampa Tom at home, but I have him losing to Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's what I said on September 10th, and I don't change any word of it. I don't change my opinion. I don't change the fact that I believe the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Candidly, as you look back on this prediction, the Buccaneers part, I guess, was the complicated one. They didn't win the division. There were any number of reasons why it shouldn't have been expected. The Kansas City one was obvious. I cannot for the life of me imagine why anyone isn't picking Kansas City. Josh Allen is terrific. He's going to have a great career. Deshaun Watson is spectacular. He may land somewhere else in the AFC. Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be a star in the AFC. We'll see what Baker Mayfield turns into. The the aging legends were there and Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, but there is only one Patrick Mahomes. He is one of one. So here's a tip for all you prognosticators out there. Pick them every year 
from now until conservatively 2030. Let's see where we get where when we get there. Check back in nine years. From now until then, Mahomes and the Chiefs are the favorites if he's healthy. And they are going to win a handful of championships in the next 10 years because they are the perfect storm. If you've ever been privileged enough to see the Broadway work of genius, the masterpiece that is Hamilton, which I know a lot of people across the country now have been able to watch on Disney+. Plus. I saw it before it was a sensation, thanks to my mother-in-law, who recommended it. And what I can tell you is that what I said of it when I saw it is, Hamilton is what happens when you get everything right, when you get absolutely everything right, when the writing is genius and the music is genius and the performances are genius and the casting was perfect and everything else, the story is unbelievable. When you put everything together, when you have the perfect storm of getting everything right, you get something like Hamilton. It doesn't come along often. That's what the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are. This is the perfect storm of getting everything right. They got the right player. They got the right pieces around him. They got the right coaching. They developed him exactly right. They gave him a year to sit and then slid him into the big chair when he was really ready. They have the most creative offense I've ever seen. When you watch the Kansas City Chiefs play offense, we use the term window dressing. Watching the Kansas City Chiefs play offense makes me think that at their apex, when Golden State had all those great players, when they had KD and they were just an unfair, unstoppable machine, if the Golden State Warriors and the Harlem Globetrotters had a baby and it was a football team, they'd be Kansas City's offense. When Mahomes laterals the ball underhand to, 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 to Kelsey, it's ridiculous. And you say to yourself, why doesn't every team have that play? And the reason is because every team can't do that. No other team can do it. No one does it. They can do it because they have a first ballot Hall of Fame coach and make no mistake, Andy Reid is that. He's on his way to a second championship. He is on his way to being a Hall of Famer. And by the time it's all said and done, he's younger than you think he is. He's not going anywhere. Andy Reid is a lifer. If he stays healthy, I could see him coaching there another 10 years. Andy Reid is going to finish conservatively with five championships. And so is Mahomes, maybe more. So what you are watching is what happens when you get everything exactly right. That's what the Chiefs are. So they're going into this game, to me, as the favorite. I believe they will win. Bubba, let me know when we have RC, because I want to get Ryan Clark in here, because I want to get into the stuff that happened on the other side. The, the, the AFC side of it was pretty easy to encapsulate yesterday. Kansas City is just unstoppable. In games started by Patrick Mahomes this year, they are 16-1. and one. When he starts, all people talk about was, oh, their games are too close. Oh, they haven't covered the spread since the first week of November. Stop it. When Patrick Mahomes is on the field, they win. It's that simple. He's been the starting quarterback now for three seasons, including playoffs. They've lost nine games, nine in three years and one championship. And they're on their way to another. So you could just that is a wrap as long as they're doing it that way. So the AFC side of this is easy. The NFC side of this is really, really complicated. And the ramifications of it, I think, have an overwhelming impact on shaping the future of two different legends. Greeny with you, inviting you to check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision, an original series now streaming only on Disney+. All right, let's get to this here because this to me is the most... 
How do you not go for it on fourth and goal with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? Anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers moving forward? Look, I mean, at the end of the day, very rarely do we get a football game in which the only questions I have afterwards are whose fault was that? There were so many different moments where we saw it yesterday. And for the answers, I bring in the one, the only Ryan Clark, who is the best with this stuff. And he joins me on the Goodyear hotline. Hello again, Ryan Clark. So let's go through these and do as much as we can in the time that we have. Let's start with the play right before the half. Scotty Miller gets behind the defense. My original reaction, and I tweeted it, was, did Greg Williams call that defense? You tell me. Coaching, player, whose fault is it that Tampa scored on that play? You know what? Faults and blame doesn't have to be exclusive to one person. Uh, Mike Pettin definitely should be in a better call. At that time, you should be protecting deep, making them throw the football in front of you, and at least forcing them to try to get out of bounds and kick a field goal. But when you look at the call, it's one hole, which leaves Kevin King one-on-one with Scotty Miller. Now, Kevin King has to understand the scouting report, and we talked about it a little bit on Get Up. Scotty Miller is a burner. He's a deep threat. He's the best deep threat on the team, and he's looking back inside as if Scotty Miller's going to stop and catch a hitch and try to make a move. No, he gets outside of him. Dan detailed it today on the show. He gets outside of him. He gets behind him. And with Tom Brady's eyes, he moves the safety and gets the ball to Scotty Miller. And so I think the call definitely could have been better. But I've been on the field with some calls that I didn't necessarily like, but it's about the execution. Had the execution gone the way it was supposed to, he stayed deepest than the deepest, then that plays a breakup and you go into halftime. Okay, and so so here's the thing that I will ask you, because you and I both know, and we actually broke this down on Get Up earlier this season, that Scotty Miller is not Julian Edelman or Wes Welker, even though he looks like them. I mean, let's just say what (laughs) you're saying. He's a short white guy. So everyone looks at him and thinks, oh, well, he's Brady's Edelman, but he's not. He's the fastest guy on the field. (laughs) The point is, even if sometimes the announcer on the game doesn't know that, You know it and I know it. I have to assume the Packers know it, right? Like, that didn't take them by surprise, did it? And and that's that's the thing that's that's crazy to me, though, Greeny. Like, you have scouting reports. You watch the film. He made a a big play against the New Orleans Saints. He's brought into the game to make plays down the field. And and that's what's crazy about it. Now, I want you to go to the play before. Cameron Brait was actually on the field. They sub Cameron Brait for Scotty Miller. For that reason. And that's the reason you scout. That's the reason you study. So you know who you're playing against. And so for Kevin King to to do that, for Kevin King to allow Scotty Miller to get behind him is inexcusable. But also you got to think Mike Pettin should know that too, right, Greeny? Yeah. Mike Pettin should know that the speed receiver's on the field. Mike Pettin should know the, the situational football moment. And to put your team in that position without playing too high safeties, without being in a cover four look where you're playing top down, is stupid. But also, people are paid to make plays, and Kevin King just didn't make any yesterday. It is always my inclination to blame the coach. So I, I, that's always my first, my, first, uh, my, my first stop is always blaming the coach. That's why I needed answers like these from you. Greeny and RC with me here on ESPN Radio. All right, next, it, it is the call they're going to remember forever in Green Bay because of the way it winds up. Fourth down and goal from the nine-yard line, two minutes and change remaining and they kicked the field goal. What did you think of that decision? That's the worst decision yesterday, period. It's the worst decision made. And believe me, Sean McDermott made some bad ones. That one cost them the opportunity to win the game, period. There, there wasn't enough, enough gap 
in the analytics to say that it was a smart play. And that's a play you make on field. That's a play you make when you're a competitor. That's the decision you make then. Because you know what I'd be thinking on the other sideline, mm. Greeny? I'd be thinking, you know what? You know why I'm in this position? Because the coach on the other side had guts. The coach on the other side believed in his Hall of Fame quarterback. And when he had the punt team on the field and we called a timeout, he brought his Hall of Fame quarterback back on the field on fourth down. They convert fourth down, and then they score a touchdown the next play. It's time for me to trust my guy. And he refused to do that. And because he refused to do that, he's sitting there, he's sitting in the postgame press conference talking about hindsight. No, it's not about hindsight. You don't get paid that much money. You don't get that position for hindsight. You get that position because you understand the present moment that you can make decisions in real time. And he made the wrong decision. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with everything you say. You, you, you left the, the, the old adage is you never want to leave anything on the field. You kind of left it on the field. Like you have Aaron Rodgers and you let the game end without giving him the chance to win it in that situation. Yeah. Greeny, you brought this up in, in the meeting. I believe it was, you brought it up that like, why didn't Aaron Rodgers wave him off? And we've talked about surly or hard to coach or hard to deal with Aaron Rodgers for a long time. Yeah. Do you remember we talked about Aaron Rodgers changing plays when Mike McCarthy was there? And he's been the perfect teammate this year. He's been the perfect leader. That was the time for Aaron Rodgers to go back to being insubordinate. That was the time for him to wave off his coach, as we've seen it done so many times, and take it into his own hands. And understand that if we don't make it, it's on me. But when you're as good as Aaron Rodgers is, when you've earned the things that Aaron Rodgers has earned, you have also earned the right to make that decision for yourself. And I wish he would have. I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm. I'm. I think maybe. Look, I don't know. He may have been as surprised. Like I couldn't believe it happened. As as I'm watching it happen, I. Like, it was one of those where you think to yourself, "Wait a minute, did that just happen? Did they actually just kick the field goal? Like, even after it happened, I couldn't believe that that had happened." One more for you, Ryan Clark, because. I saw a lot of people on Twitter after it happened yesterday saying it seemed the officials were letting a lot go between the defensive backs and the receivers. They let a lot of things that looked like they could have been interference go. Do you think it was the right call to call the PI that basically decides the game at the end? You see, like you loaded the question for me, right? Because yeah. the question isn't, is it the right call? Because it is. Right, the dude held his sh- he held his shirt. Right, he pulled his shirt, which impeded his progress to the ball. That's the right call. It's the correct call. The question is, is it the right call to make when you haven't made that call all day? Right, and I would, and and people are human, right? I would have to guess that that back judge remembers two years ago on an obvious pass interference that wasn't called when it was the Saints and the Los Angeles Rams to decide who was going to the Super Bowl mm. and the fallout from that play. Because it was obvious. Everyone in the world knew what happened. Almost as obvious, and that play yesterday was almost as obvious as that one was. So you can't think about what you've let go throughout the day. You can't think about the decisions that you've made throughout that day. You have to look at that play and say, is this pass interference? And it was. And so it's by the letter of the law, they go to that ref, that official, or if they go to the NFL and say, you know what, was this the right call? They can explain it to you step by step in the rule why it was the right call, which is also why we can't argue it. That's extremely good. I hadn't thought of that, but I think that is an excellent point. Ryan Clark, you're the best. Thank you, my man. Great morning today, and this is great here. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. My man, good talking to you, brother. Right, there's RC with just outstanding. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. If If he doesn't call it there, 
and they flip it and, and the Packers go down and they score and they win, I don't think that call looked as egregious as the one in New Orleans a couple of years ago, but it probably was. And it is something they talk about forever. That's an extremely good point. Well made. Coming up, I have extensive thoughts on the decision that might have reshaped the future of two legends. And then the green list is on the way. The five things about yesterday you will never get over if you were rooting for the Packers. Back in a flash, Greeny on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And I have just been told that we will have Tom Brady Sr. live in a half hour. So Tom, the Tom Brady you know, as you know both of them, frankly, uh, is going back to the Super Bowl for the 10th time. His dad, who was sort of a regular on Get Up two years ago when he made his last run to the Super Bowl, uh, is going to join me coming up here shortly. So we will have that, and I look forward to it again. He'll be live with me in a half hour. Let us get now to the decision that might have reshaped the future of two legends. It might have reshaped the future of Tom Brady, who is headed back to the Super Bowl for the 10th time. And it might have reshaped the future of Aaron Rodgers, who may well have played his last game as a Green Bay Packer yesterday. You know what I'm talking about. Fourth and goal from the nine-yard line, two minutes and 15 seconds left, and Matt LaFleur elects to kick the field goal. We essentially had four timeouts with the two-minute warning. And, you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop. And I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but, you know, they, we got called for, for the P.I., um, and it didn't work out. So my opinion on this, I think, is a little bit more charitable than most of the others that I've heard from, and I respect everyone's opinion. Here's mine. I understand the decision. I don't know if I like it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. The thing that drives me craziest is when football coaches do things that made no sense. This one made sense. If the lead was seven rather than eight, 
then I would have lost my mind. If the league was seven rather than eight, it would have almost felt like a fireable offense, despite how great a coach he obviously is. But the fact that it is eight, the fact that you are counting on a two-point conversion somewhere along the line, and if you don't get that, you're going to lose anyway, makes me understand why you kicked the field goal there knowing that now a touchdown wins it. And frankly, in the second half, Tampa's entire offense consisted of one quick touchdown that they cashed in off a turnover, a field goal, and a bunch of Tom Brady interceptions. So Green Bay's defense was controlling the game. Again, I don't agree with the decision, but I understand it. If it was seven, it was the worst decision ever. At eight points, needing the two, I get it. So to be charitable, I understand the thinking. Meanwhile, that is not the coaching call that costs them the game. The defense at the end of the half is the kind of thing that gets coaches fired. From the shotgun, first down, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, 39, trying to work into field goal range. Snap to Brady on a deep drop. Now he bombs it out. Forget about field goal range. Down the left side of the end zone. He's got his man for the touchdown. Scotty Miller. Left side of the end zone. They beat Kevin King. Oh, my goodness. That is game-altering. One second remaining. Wayne Larravee's call on the Packers radio network, and that is the play that changes the entire game. Mike Pettin is the defensive coordinator in Green Bay. That was inexcusable. That's where they lose the game. It's 14-10 going into halftime, even if it's 17-10. The Packers are going to win that game. And then two huge swing plays take place in the blink of an eye. That play, then the Aaron Jones fumble that turns into a touchdown immediately, and it goes from 14-10 to 28-10. The defensive blunder, the fumble. Now you're in a desperate scramble the rest of the game. Again, Tampa only scores three points the rest of the way. But the game is totally flipped. And now what you're forced to do is go for two in another spot. And it's a mess. Don't forget the drop in the end zone by Equinemius St. Brown. That is another play that changes the game. Now the interference call can beat you at the end. You don't get to blame the refs, though, when you give up that touchdown at halftime. So where does all of this leave the great Aaron Rodgers? A lot of guys' futures that are, you know, uncertain, you know, myself included. There's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now, and I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and – clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. It's really tough to get to this point, and that makes the finality of it all kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. Now, look, no one had a better season this year than Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the MVP. He reestablished himself as as among the great quarterbacks in the history of the sport. He was as good this year as absolutely anybody, and he couldn't have led better than he did or handled better than he did. The absolute disrespect with which he was treated by his organization in April. But let us not forget that that happened. Let us not forget that with Aaron Rodgers still under contract for four seasons, the Green Bay Packers traded up in the first round to take a quarterback. And if you think he's forgotten it, you're out of your mind. Because there are very few hard, fast rules in sports. But in the 30 years I've been covering football, I can tell you this. The quarterback doesn't like it when you do that. The quarterback does not like it when you bring in his replacement. 
Ask John Elway how that worked out with Dan Reeves. John Elway and Dan Reeves were an all-time great combination as a coach and a quarterback. And then Dan Reeves drafted Tommy Maddox in the first round. And the next thing you know, Dan Reeves was the former coach of John Elway's Denver Broncos. And he won two Super Bowls without him. Because you don't do that to the quarterback. So the Packers made that decision. Aaron Rodgers is going. And it was the Packers who made that call. He didn't decide he wanted to go. They decided he needed to go. Now he's just going to tell them when it's going to happen. My green list of devastation in Green Bay. Next.